You are now tuned in to the Flagrant 2 podcast, brought to you by Hooptrends.com. Now, your hosts, Efren Ramos and Nick Tosha. Enjoy the show. Morning, Nick. Efren, how are you? Not too bad. It's, uh, we're getting into the doldrums of uh, the offseason. No NBA news. Nah, not unless you like uh, signings about players that you probably never even heard of up to this point. Yeah, yeah. The news that rolls in is pretty. Uh, it's pretty lame, pretty boring. So I thought I'd. Uh, I was on Reddit NBA, and uh, they have this thread going on right now of the craziest NBA facts, and I just wanted to read you a couple things. Okay. So I'm gonna start off with this. Did you know that Lance Stevenson has a brother named Lance, spelled L-A-N-T-Z? <laughs> uh, well, I think we all have a brother with that spelling, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Paul George's parents are Paul and Paulette. Victor wow. Oladipo has a twin sister named Victoria, and they look identical. Like, like they look, it's uncanny. You know, I think at times she was actually the one on the court last year. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. It seemed like hey, you'd disappear a little bit. So sticking with that sort of thing, Steph Curry's first name is Wardell. Ray Allen's first name is Walter. DeAndre Jordan's first name is Highland. Tony Parker's first name is Will. And Chris Middleton's first name is James. I wonder why those guys go by uh, worse names than what they actually chose. Highland <laughs> is sick. Highland. Yeah, Highland's an awesome name. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know. Um I guess that's just the the culture that we live in now. Maybe there's a lot of uh, pressure to not have a normal name, <laughs> yeah, or a crazy name. You want to have something just got to be different. I knew that you were going to hit me with random facts about uh, the NBA, mm-hmm. so I have a couple for you too. Okay. These aren't uh, aren't as fun, but I just thought I would mention them since we had time. Mm-hmm. The year that Wilt Chamberlain scored 50.4 points per game and grabbed 22.9 rebounds, Holy which shit. is insane, he did not win the MVP of the league. That's crazy. Yeah, this this little-known guy by the name of Bill Russell did. Oh, yeah. And also, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Oscar Robinson averaged a triple-double that year, too, and didn't win it either. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And then... Um, Here's an interesting one about his airness. In the 86-87 season, he averaged 37.1 points per game. Wow. But his teams, his his Bulls were sub-500. They were the eighth seed, and they ended up getting swept out of the first round by the Celtics. So I think everybody kind of, you know how the media is, I think everybody kind of assumes that the Bulls never did anything but win championships when they made the playoffs, but... Uh, it's it not took true. them a little bit to get there. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple teammates that you'd be surprised played together. All right. Uh, Mike Miller and Patrick Ewing played together. Steve Nash and Robert Ory played together. Moses Malone and David Robinson. Carlos Boozer and LeBron James were on the same team. Drew Holiday, Allen Iverson, Charles Oakley, Yao Ming, Pat Riley, and Wilt Chamberlain played on the same team. That's crazy. Now, do you have the teams? For the first couple, because I thought the first one was probably the most interesting. I just, I never, never realized that. Mike Miller and Patrick Ewing? 
Would that have been Orlando? It must have been, right? It had to have been. I would think so. Patrick would have had to have been at the end of his career. Yeah. And I think he was only in Seattle, maybe after that. So, and I know Miller was never in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of makes sense because I think that Miller was in Orlando when McGrady was there. Had to have been that. Actually, going back to Wilt Chamberlain, one season he played every minute of every game except for one game where he was thrown out with eight minutes left. In <laughs> <laughs> um, the season that he scored fifty point four points per game. The second leading scorer was Elgin Baylor, who had 38.3. Wilt scored 31.6% better than Baylor did that season. Wow. Yeah, so that's that's kind of funny. All right, I'm going to hit you with one more. The starting lineup for BYU this year is older than the starting lineup for the Jazz. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That is crazy. Yep. And same for... Uh, uh, the Utah team too. I guess the the Mormons, you know, they uh, they like their seniors playing basketball in college. Yeah. Wow. That, yeah, that's crazy. Well, think about this. Some of them have. Uh, wasn't it Sean Bradley, I believe, who had to do like a maybe a one or a two year mission statement, uh, mission trip or statement or whatever they call it. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's why some of their seniors are a little bit older because it, it actually is for religious purposes. They have to go ahead and – and uh, I, yeah, I don't know what the wording for it is, and I don't want to be politically incorrect, but yeah. Um, yeah, they tie in a couple of extra years just for uh, like missionary trips and, and stuff like that. So huh. here's, here's my last little fact for you too since we're going back and forth. Uh, the NBA has had 10 – Three-peat winners in its history. Ten. That's pretty the NFL, The NFL has never had one. Mm-hmm. The NHL has had nine. MLB has had seven. So the NBA has had more three-peat winners than any other sport. Huh. I'm not sure if I can name them all, to be honest with you. But I know the Lakers and the Bulls have done it. Yeah, the Bulls had the two three-peat champions. I would imagine Celtics that Boston... Yeah, Boston must have had it during their run. You know, if if Russell had whatever, 10 or 12 championships, then I'd imagine yeah. <laughs> that there's at least one or two three-peat winners. Yeah, I mean, the NBA is all about dynasties, and uh, there's been some great ones. Absolutely. And, uh, Do we have any in the making for this year? We've got the uh, we've got the Warriors who want to go ahead and, and run it back. And reclaim their t- yep, reclaim their title. Um, we've got the Cavs, who everybody thinks are just primed to go ahead and win a few in the next few years. I can see it happening. Not out of the question. Hey, welcome back to the Flagrant 2 podcast with Nick and Efren. Um, F, I have an idea for you. Just want to bounce a few teams off of you. See if you think that they're contenders to make it to the NBA Finals or just pretenders. How's that sound? Sounds great. I'm All in. right. Let's start in the Windy City with the Chicago Bulls. Contenders or pretenders? Uh, I'd say contenders because they're a mystery right now with Hoiberg. Uh, and they're bringing back all their players. They were pretty close last year. Absolutely, they're contenders. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I think that they have some issues as far as backcourt depth. 
mm-hmm. uh, especially when you get Derek Rose, who seems to be injured all of the time. And, yeah. you know, if, if for some reason Jimmy Butler ends up getting hurt, I mean, you've got Tony Snell, but they don't really have another, like, two guard that can really step up. They could try to play McDermott at the two, I guess, but he's more a three, so really yeah. they're just so loaded in the front court, they didn't really take the time to think about their back court, so that kind of scares me a little bit. Um, I would still yeah. call them a contender, though. I mean, they're just they're, they've got too much talent. I agree. Um, next, let's let's go to South Beach for the Miami Heat. Huh, the Miami Heat. I would definitely say that they are contenders for the finals. Absolutely. Uh, I think that just the the pure uh, LeBron leaving the Heat and now they got the, the chip on their shoulder. That alone is going to be. And if, and if health is on their side, absolutely they're contenders. I absolutely agree with you there. And unlike Chicago, I think they have a little bit of depth at every position, which is going to help them out, especially when you've got guys like Bosch returning from a long uh, – we know about his injury issues from last year, his health concerns. So uh, you've got Hassan Whiteside, who really stepped up out of nowhere. And with them signing Stoudemire, which I thought was a great depth move – I just feel like they're in a good position where they have backups who could be starting on other teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You've got Gerald Green, you've got Justice Winslow, you've got Amari Stoudemire. So, yeah, absolutely love the Heat going into the season. How do you feel about the Atlanta Hawks? Atlanta Hawks. It's probably not the popular choice, but I think that they're still contenders. I think losing Damari Carroll is something that they can bounce back from. They brought back Millsap. That team wasn't touted for its stars, so it was. It's you know, it's it was successful because of its system, and the system is still going to be there. Yep. So I think they are contenders for the finals. Absolutely. Yeah. What's What's funny is, and I, and I agree with you. Carroll kind of picked up his scoring, which was really nice for them because I think they needed that complimentary scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll miss that a little bit. But you still have Teague, Corver, and Millsap and Horford who are going to score. So I think that you know they can go ahead and, and bring Cephalosha back into the mix and maybe even start him at small forward. Mm-hmm. I know that when he was in OKC, he played a lot of two guard, but I think he can guard both positions. Yeah, so you know you've got your stopper, your your Bruce Bowen type stopper right there. So you know Atlanta emulates the Spurs system, so having a Bruce Bowen guy probably isn't the worst thing in the world for them. Um, I don't really like them to have a shot to win the title, per se, but yeah, to make it to the finals, I, crazier things could happen. Let's go ahead uh, north of the border to Toronto. Do you like the Raptors' shots? Ah, yeah. Yeah, they're contenders. Uh, they'd have to get past the Cavaliers, and I think they added some good pieces. I think they could potentially do it. I actually am going to say no, and this is only because of that last point you made. I just don't feel like they're good enough to get past the Clevelands and the Chicagos of the East. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with them, they've got some nice pieces in their starting lineup, but what happens if Carroll doesn't come back fully healthy? What happens if DeRozan missed time the last few seasons? What if DeRozan misses more time? Kyle Lowry has gotten nicked up 
over the past few seasons. So what if he lose, you know, misses some time? They don't really have any really good like one A type subs coming off of their bench. Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and pass on Toronto. I it scares me their playoff history too, where they keep going out earlier than everybody thinks they should be going out. Yeah, I just the East is so weak that I don't think that you have to do too much to you know really get there. Oh but no, I I will yeah I'll agree with that for sure. Um, next team up in the East, how about the Washington Wizards? I think they're pretenders. I think that they're trying to you know supplement the loss of Paul Pierce with a bunch of wily veteran shooters. I think that they're not there yet. I think they're missing a piece. Hopefully they can get all the possible games out of Bradley Beal because that backcourt together is fantastic. And Gortat is great. And Nene, eh, I think that they need help in the front court, and they're just not there yet. John Wall and Bradley Beal, I think, are a little too young. I think they can do it, but it's going to take a couple more years, in my opinion. That's interesting. Um, I actually completely disagree with you and I think that they're pretender uh sorry they're contenders okay um I like the backcourt obviously Wall and Beal I actually think that Gary Neal was a really good like value signing for them um he can go ahead and stroke it from outside they've got Martel Webster who can also shoot from outside so I don't feel like they're missing all that much with Pierce maybe the veteran leadership Mm-hmm. But he also, I feel like towards the end of the year, he got a little too uh, caught up in some of like the social media ramblings, and he started kind of shooting his mouth off a little bit. And I don't know that it really helped a young team to see a veteran like acting like that. Yeah. Um, Otto Porter, he's gonna have to step up sooner or later. The guy looks fantastic in summer league when he plays, and he looks brilliant at times during the regular season. And he just kind of disappears. I'm hoping that he'll go ahead and kind of solidify what everyone thinks he is supposed to be this year. He's going to start. I mean, it's not like they're going to start Jared Dudley in front of him. And you've got the young kid, Kelly Oubre, who I think is another solid player at small forward. So if nothing else, he's athletic. So, again, I don't feel like they're losing that much with Pierce. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem, like you said, is going to be health. You need Wall to be healthy. You need Beal to be healthy. And the front court will work itself out. Nene, Gortat, Chris Humphreys can rebound a little bit. Drew Gordon, uh, Gooden, sorry, can rebound a little bit. So I don't know. I like him. I like him in the East, that weak, weak East. Okay. Um, any other teams you uh, yeah, think? No, let's, let's go to the West. I'm going to start it off with the Memphis Grizzlies. Are they pretenders or contenders? Ooh, Memphis is a tough team. Um, I will call them pretenders. Okay. Just because they always seem good enough to to be in the mix or to give a team a tough series. Mm-hmm. But I don't like them as much as I like Golden State, who just beat them this past season in the playoffs. Um, I don't like them more than I like a healthy OKC. I don't like them more than the Spurs or the Rockets. So, I mean, by now they're in the bottom half of the playoff picture to me, and I just don't think that's strong enough. So I'll go ahead and pass on them. What do you think? I think they're uh, contenders. A team with defense, you know, it could just 
if they have enough stopping power, they could potentially get through anyone because none of these teams are focusing too much on defense out in the West and uh, well, aside from Golden State. But, you know, Memphis could have it. I wouldn't the, be too surprised. Yeah, I just... Jeff uh, Green needs to... The, Jeff Green needs to be consistent for them in order for that to happen. Yeah, I just I really don't like their bench to be honest with you. Vince Carter is is old. Um, I do like Jeff Green, but Matt Barnes I think is kind of overrated. If you look at the depth behind Zach Randolph, it's a bunch of who are they's. So mm-hmm. I I don't I don't know. For, I, I'm gonna have to go ahead and pass on them still. I, I mean you you made a couple of valid points, but in the end I just don't see it. Okay. How about OKC, contenders or pretenders? Uh, you know, I know a thing about these OKC guys, so um, I'm not going to go into uh, into too much depth on them here, but yeah, they're obviously contenders. They just need to be healthy. Brought back Cantor. A um, lot of depth on the bench. I love them. I, I say contenders for sure. What do you think? I completely agree, uh, especially with a healthy Ibaka. If they can keep all these guys upright and a fresh coach, usually that you know helps a team. Fresh face. When a talented team gets a new coach, I never, I don't, I usually don't see that as a negative, because sometimes the breath, the breath of fresh air is needed. Yeah, they uh, kind of seem like they're okay. in the same boat as Chicago almost. Where they've yeah, got all I the agree. talent, they just need to, you know, they just need to go ahead and have the fire lit under their butts. Yeah, and get over the injury bug, too. Absolutely. Uh, okay, moving on. Spurs, should I even ask? Um, yeah, let's just skip them. I think everybody knows that answer. Yeah, absolutely. They're most definitely contenders. <laughs> and I can't, I can't wait to watch it, to be honest with you. Oh, the West is just going to be oh, it's going to be incredible. I can't wait for the season. All right, the L.A. Clippers, contenders or pretenders? I will call them pretenders. Okay. I'm really divided on it. I do like what they've done with their depth. You know, having Josh Smith come in off the bench will be a good move for them. I think that Jamal Crawford and Lance Stevenson off of the bench, too, gives them a really good second unit, but they just can't seem to get over the hump. Yeah. And and for me... I mean, on paper, you look at them, you go, oh, they brought in Paul Pierce. They've got Chris Paul. They've got Griffin in. They brought back Jordan. They ought to be great. We haven't seen it yet. Teams are going to keep on hacking DeAndre. I I don't know. I don't see it. I'll pass. I I disagree. Uh, I think that they got much better. They have Lance Stevenson in there, and I think Doc Rivers can maximize Lance Stevenson's potential. Uh, Doc Rivers is a player coach, and he's dealt with you know some hotheads before. He's dealt with some people who aren't all there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Lance Stevenson's best year. That paired with everyone coming back, I think that they're they're absolutely contenders. How much run do you think that Stevenson is going to get, though? Well, because uh, right, uh, you've got Jamal Crawford, who's who's like their sixth man, like their scorer off of the bench. So yeah, well, I don't see him playing a lot of shooting guard, and I guess he could back up Paul Pierce at small forward. Yeah, um, for that's me, what problem, I envision happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The problem for me is that when they used him really well in Indiana, he, he was – He had the ball in his hands. <laughs> yeah. So 
even if Chris Paul sits down, do you think that Doc Rivers is going to take the ball away from Austin Rivers <laughs> to give point. it to Lance Stevenson? I don't know. Uh, I think that – I just think that he's going to, you know, put it together finally because Doc Rivers is that kind of coach. So we'll uh, you, you are a man of faith, Efren. Yeah. You're a man of faith. <laughs> All right, Rockets. What do you think? Rockets. Um, another team that I think is going to be good, but I still feel like they need to prove something. Mm-hmm. I, I love their draft from this year. I think that bringing in Harrell and bringing in Decker were huge moves for their depth. So I like them even more than I liked them last year. But still, this almost doesn't make sense. I liked them more than I liked them last year when they were a two-seed. But I still don't feel like they are contenders. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and pass on them. Even though they brought in Lawson and they made a couple of nice draft picks, um, I just think the Spurs, OKC, and those teams are just going to be way too tough. So I'll pass. You? Maybe I'm optimistic because I'm calling like all these teams contenders here, but I think they're absolutely contenders. I think that they they have their big three now, in my opinion. And with great complimentary players to boot, I think that they have enough. They're so did awesome, you just man. did you I just tell me that team. Ty Ty Lawson is gonna be part of a big three? Yeah. Yeah. He's a wow. great point guard. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to forget with all these, these unfortunate things that are happening to him. Ty Lawson is great, and he's an all-star caliber point guard. That can't be overlooked. Uh, my question is, do you think that they start Lawson over Patrick Beverly if injuries Absolutely. aren't a thing? You know what? And If they do or if they don't, I'm sure Ty Lawson is ready to take on whatever role is given to him at this point in his career. Uh, and if he does come off the bench, he can orchestrate a great second unit. Yeah, and and that's my thing. When you look at their depth chart, they've got like Marcus Thornton and they've got Corey Brewer, who aren't scorers by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't see where they're going to get scoring from their bench unless Lawson is with the second unit and he can go ahead and just fire a few shots. So it's an interesting team. But uh, I guess I, I don't have as much faith in them as you do. Um, any other teams you can think of in the West that you, that you really like? I mean, obviously we like the Warriors, right? We don't, mm-hmm. have, to, we don't have to go on about them. Um, any other surprise teams that you think could kind of make a run at it? I mean, unfortunately not, unless Anthony Davis, you know, something crazy happens there. But, and I hope I'm not missing somebody, but Portland fell apart and – you know, the Suns in Sacramento, I don't think, have enough to get there, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, but like you said earlier, Utah is just so young. Well, they've got some nice pieces in place so far, especially in their front court. Mm-hmm. I don't really see that happening either. Not yet. Um, obviously, Minnesota's not going to be in the picture, but, you know, they, they send, tend to be trending upwards, if anything else. Well, it is the NBA, so you never know what – what happens? Things oh, crazier things have happened. Absolutely, we'll look back on this podcast, and and half of our teams won't be in the playoffs, <laughs> and we'll look like fools. Absolutely. Well, F, thanks for uh, thanks for playing this round of contender pretender, and uh, we will see you back in a second here. And now we have Nick Letourneau, Hoop Trends editor in chief. Nick, how you doing? Doing well, F. How you doing? 
Not too bad. Uh, I got a couple fun little uh, games for us today. And, All right, let's uh, get to it. I want to jump right into it. Yeah, this is uh, the if game, and we're focusing on the Western Conference right now. I got a couple uh, questions for you. Starting out with the Sacramento Kings will make the playoffs if. Kings will make the playoffs if if Boogie Boogie become, really becomes the best center in the league. Mm-hmm. And if if Rondo can get his act together, if Rondo can stop being such like a like a team cancer and get back to where he was when he was on those Celtics teams, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think they have a real shot. I mean, they're they've added some great pieces. Uh, they have I mean Rudy Gay. A lot of people aren't too hot on Rudy Gay, but I love Rudy Gay. I think he's a great player. It sucks that he's moved around so much, but the real interesting thing is going to see how Cousins and Carl coexist after the whole snake in the grass thing. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a really interesting dynamic because they do have the talent. It's just, do they have everything else that it takes? I know I can't think in recent memory of like a, a player-coach relationship like this going into a season. Going into a season, yeah, I've seen yeah. it happen in the middle of a year. You know, and it usually ends with either the player getting traded or the coach getting fired or something. It just it never ends well. I'm not looking forward to the constant headlines that it's going to be coming out about, you yeah. know. Like, I know it's going to get old quick and something's going to have to happen. I know. I think that the first few, I, I think that they are probably going to be able to work through it, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. I think that everyone's been telling Boogie that he's the star player. He's the guy. We want you, Boogie. We want you bad. And I think simultaneous to that, everyone's kind of told Carl, you know, hey, you accepted this job on the pretense that you wouldn't want personnel saying you've you know you you made the best player on the team mad. We want to keep him around, shape up, or you're out. And I think I think Carl just kind of shut his mouth a little bit. I think Boogie will want to move past this too. And I I think for the for, for the first week or so leading up to the season, maybe even the first couple weeks, the headlines will be pretty bad. But, you know, wins heal everything. Wins yeah. heal all wins. Now, I was kind of thinking over here. George Carl, he, his last coaching stint was with Denver, and I believe that was the year that he got coach of the year and then got fired after. Yeah, I'm not sure why, why that happened or why, why they would do that. I remember I was really perplexed by that move. Yeah, do you think there's something that we don't know about George Carl? Maybe that, like, something where he doesn't fit in with certain people? You know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too surprised if he rubs people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know, he definitely seems like a no nonsense guy. He's definitely, I guess now he he considered one of the old school coaches. He's been around for a while, mm-hmm. so I'm sure maybe he even has the attitude now of you know I'm George Carl. I'm a great coach. This is how I run things. If you don't like it, that's you know that's your deal. And maybe it sounds, that's kind, of, it sounds kind of like Thibodeau actually when you when yeah. you put it like that. Yeah, and, a little bit. You know, it's kind of what, like, I mean, Thibodeau did a great coaching job when he got fired. So, yeah, he did. I mean, I could see a couple parallels in there. But uh, I want to get into the next question. James Harden will win the MVP next year if? If Curry and LeBron and Anthony Davis get hurt somehow? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I that, that sounds a little mean. I like James Harden a lot. I respect his game and everything, but I don't know. There's just there's something about Curry. Everyone 
loves LeBron. I mean, he's easily the most popular and the best player in the NBA, regardless of what DSBs might say. And I think next in line is honestly is going to be Anthony Davis. I think James Harden is going to fall in the category of all the great players that kind of played with MJ. Mm-hmm. Not to say any of these players are like MJ, just MJ was clearly the best player of the decade, of the generation. And now Harden's kind of, he's in a, he's in a great class of people, easily top five best player in the NBA, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think next, is line, next in line is going to be Anthony Davis. I think either LeBron's going to come back and make a, make a run for MVP, or Curry's going to maintain MVP. And the ne- I think the next player that wins it that isn't Curry or LeBron is, is Davis. Okay. And, I mean, it's interesting that uh, the players voted Harden the MVP because there is something to say about what he's done. And Yeah. I, I mean, it really is an incredible rise going from the, the sixth man of Oklahoma City to the guy in Houston to one of the – the premier shooting guard in the league. Mm-hmm. So that, that I, I, I respect his rise and everything. I just think that he is probably coming along at the wrong time. I, I could okay. definitely, I, I could be way off, but I, I think the next player besides Curry and LeBron is going to be Anthony Davis, especially and, if he develops the three. And I'll probably have to agree with you, unless James Harden really does something crazy this yeah, year. Yeah, he's got to like, play out of his mind. He's got to yeah. get the team, you know, best record in the NBA. I mean, and it's definitely it's possible. It's a mm-hmm. it's a good team in Houston, but uh, I don't know. I just don't see it happening. Okay, uh, on to question number three: The Trailblazers will be a contender in 2017 if. Hmm. This is a this is an interesting one. I think if. If Damian Lillard, and I, I said this early on the last podcast we did, if he can become top five point guard material, mm-hmm. maybe even top ten player material in the league, definitely they can, make, they can be a contender. I think that they will have to... I think it's going to take more than that, though. Oh, it's definitely going to take more. I, but that's, that's going to be the key, the key thing that they can start doing right now is developing him into a top five point guard. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they're going to have to make some major moves in either free agency... Or maybe make some some blockbuster trade and pray to God players like Noah Vonleh and Pat Connaughton and Plumlee and everyone can uh, can really develop into the best versions of themselves. Yeah, and I mean you never know they could if the if the, if the development is there. You Definitely, know, I, I mean if you take a look at Damian Lillard, he came from you know Weber State. There are mm-hmm. a lot of people that were high on him, but there were way more that were down on him. And he, he got into the system and developed quickly. I mean, he, he definitely started off, you know, rookie of the year, hit the ground running. But then you see def- different players like Nicholas Batum that grew up in the system. And Wes Matthews was in the system for a few years, and he, he really developed into a nice 3 and D player. He did. LaMarcus Aldridge came in as a highly touted player and turned, I mean, if he stayed a Blazer, he, he could have made a run to be the best Blazer in the history of the team. So he... Yep. That's another good example of development. I think if uh, Coach Stotts really gets his, his claws into a few players, they can definitely develop into great players, but I think it's going to be highly unlikely that they make the, uh, that they're contenders in 2017. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I, I don't really see them doing anything higher than a, a five-seed max. 
Well, they have a good coach there because they were really, you know, they had good thing going. For Definitely, a while. it's a, it's a coach that brought them from from the ashes of like the end of the Jailblazer, yeah, uh, years, and then all the horrible injuries kind of brought them out of that. You know, right, got the ship going in the right direction, brought them to the promised land, and then unfortunately the team had to had to blow up. But I I think Stotskin goes back there. Okay, uh, question number four. The Grizzlies will win the Western Conference if? If they can get some reliable three-point shooting. Yeah. That's really the only thing that's missing. I mean, they have awesome defense. I mean, they have they have easily, easily prob- probably the best 4-5 tandem I can think of off the top of my head in the league. I mean, Zebo and Marcus Gasol. Marcus Gasol, he's been Defensive Player of the Year. Zebo is, is a, he's a former jailblazer. We, uh, I mean, he's he's just he's a bad dude, and that's yeah. a that's a bad duo. I wouldn't want to yep. drive the lane on them. You have the Grindfather and Tony Allen. I mean, yep. it's, it's a really solid team. It's just missing a couple pieces. Yeah, and uh, I think that you know, I thought that they had it in Jeff Green. I thought that they were going to be able to really get the best out of him. Unfortunately, I think that experiment isn't really working. They need a way more reliable person at the wing to score. Because when you have Tony Allen on your team, uh, you need to make up for the lack of scoring big time, especially in the wing. Definitely. Uh, so, you know, I think you're right. If they can get some great perimeter shooting, that will put them over the edge. Yeah, uh, I mean, who knows how they can get it. Maybe they can sign someone free agency. Maybe they can develop someone in-house. Or they might have to rely on the draft. But either either way, I, it's definitely something that's on their radar. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if they found it either this season or next. Yeah, and you know, even if they don't get perimeter shooting, uh, defense is so important, especially with all the high-octane teams. Maybe the one team that can slow them down is the one that can get over the hump. So Definitely, uh, and who knows? Maybe they could get lucky and see some more injuries. Maybe, yeah. uh, knock on wood, Kevin Durant doesn't get hurt or anything, but maybe we could see another situation where all the super, all the superstars go down. The traditional powers on the West are kind of down that a little bit, and they can take advantage of that. I could see it happening, definitely, because there's always key injuries every year, and it could be the right one that gets the Grizzlies through. And I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say that to belittle the Grizzlies. I think oh, they're great, and they have potential to do it. And everything. Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't think that they can beat a healthy OKC in yes. seven games. Yeah, uh, they definitely oh, yeah. can't beat the Spurs now. Mm-hmm. So, okay, moving on. Last question, uh, aside from a little bonus question I have after this one, but uh, the Mavs will bottom out if? If? Hmm, that's a good one. I think the I – actually, I think the Mavs have a chance of bottoming out. I think Wes Matthews is not not worth the deal he got. Mm-hmm. He's, he's injured – I mean, that Achilles injury, even though he hasn't been too injured in his career – that's a big. That's a big injury. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's always going to be have a little red flag. It's always going to be in the back of his head. I think. Uh, I think there's a chance he could get injured again. I really hope he doesn't, but I, I think he can. I think that'd be a huge blow. Chandler Parsons has been injured. Uh, Dirk's getting up there. So I think that they. I think injuries will be what gets them if if it happens. But I, I think they're, they're an older team. They're getting well. They're getting to be an older team. And they, unfortunately, are injury-prone. 
Now, last one. Space Jam 2 will be a good movie if. <laughs> if. Gee, I don't know. That's... <laughs> Why mess with like the, the, the perfect movie? Yeah. Why why mess with the perfect movie? It's it's crazy. I mean, if there's a if there's gonna be a player that's gonna do it, it's gonna be LeBron. Mm-hmm. But, but there's gotta be five other guys. Space Jam Two will be a good movie if they can get other likable NBA superstars to play major roles. Who'd you like to see? Real quick, off the top of your head. Top of uh, my head. Give me your five uh, monsters. Ooh, the monsters. That's a that's a tough one. I think you gotta have you gotta have Steph Curry in there. He's, yeah. he's not he's not really the monster type, but then again, neither was uh, Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy so. Bogues was not a monster, but <laughs> you just for for likability, markability, everything, you gotta have someone like you gotta have Steph Curry in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you gotta uh, keep in mind they don't have to be bad guys because these guys oh, have yeah. their powers taken away from them. That's true. That's you true. Know, it was the you skill know I would love to see in the movie. I, I, he would he would make the movie bad, but I would personally get a kick out of it. Ooh. I think Kobe. If Kobe was in the yes. movie, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe coaching the Monstars, player coach of the Monstars. <laughs> he wouldn't do it. Oh, he wouldn't do it ever. But <laughs> I would love I would love that. All right, who as shooting guard? Who do you have? Who's your monster? Shooting guard, monster. Um. You can go Kobe, but I don't think it'll ever happen. Oh, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. But Kobe's Kobe's too perfect. I'm gonna stick with Kobe. And then let's see, small forward on the Monstars. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Like we we gotta have a player like someone that has a mouth on him. Yeah. I feel I feel like Chandler Parsons has got a little bit of a mouth on him. Oh yeah, and he is the handsome devil. He's uh. Yeah. He'll put butts in the seats. So that's a good one. Small forward, Chandler Parsons. Power I think if forward. We're doing like a like a real Monstars lineup, mm-hmm. you got you got to put Chris Kamen in there. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to see Chris Kamen on a big screen. Oh, no, one, no one wants to see Chris Kamen. Well, maybe Chris <laughs> Kamen could just be the body double. <laughs> Chris Kamen would need a body double. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Chris Kamen at power forward. And then let's see at the five, mm-hmm. huh? I guess Dwight Howard. He 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 feels like he. It seems like he's always wanted to be Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I take I take back Chandler Parsons at at small forward. I got to oh, get Kevin Durant in there so he can he can redeem himself from that Thunderstruck movie. I was just about to bring that up. Kevin Durant already gave it a shot in the movie thing. Yeah, I feel like I feel like he needs a he needs a redemption movie. Did you actually ever see Thunder, Thunderstruck? I never, I never saw it all the way through. But I caught enough highlights of him trying to be—I I wouldn't say dramatic, but that, you can tell he's doing too much. Yeah, they make him do too much. You got to dumb it down, like Shaq did. Yeah, exactly. Or did you have you seen uh, Trainwreck yet? No, I have not. It's the new one with Amy Schumer and LeBron's in there. Mm-hmm. He's he's actually pretty funny. Like I, I don't I like I, I almost don't want to admit it, which is sad. But he was he was pretty he was pretty good in it. Hmm. Yeah, that, think, that was a situation where he didn't try and uh, he was trying to steal the show. He wasn't trying to be you know I'm trying to be a big shot actor. You know, he was just he was just being himself. Like he he talk raps like uh, the lyrics to Gold Digger. That was hilarious. <laughs> but uh, you know just he had some nice like deadpan type humor and it was good. 
if there's an NBA player that could do it, it's him. And it's not just because of the popularity. I think he's always been a really good speaker. And every time that the cameras were on him, it was always entertaining. So, Yeah, without a doubt. So did, did we come up with a center? Uh, yeah, Dwight. Oh, yeah, yes. Okay, Dwight, Dwight. He's He's always, you could say he's like a wannabe Hollywood. Yeah. He's always like that one dude who is kind of just like late to the trends. You can tell, but he's, he's like the, he goes where the heat is. Oh, we'll, de- we'll definitely have to see how that turns out. There's got to there's gotta be other NBA players in it. It can't just be LeBron. Oh, absolutely. There's going to be a ton. And I hope they do it like they did with the first one, where it was really intertwined with the NBA and they had actual game like footage and they were really on uh, the court. I've, I've got a Space Jam twist for you. Yeah? LeBron goes up against the Monstars, loses, has to team up with D-Wade to win. <laughs> has to team up with D-Wade and Bosh. <laughs> Can't beat the monsters without D Wade and Bob. <laughs> yes. Oh my that's god! A, I mean, that's that's almost you know it's it's perfect. It's an M Night Shyamalan twist. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. You know what? I kind of want to do like an actual Space Jam segment where we sit down and think about who these people should be. I think we we should definitely do it on a future episode. We'll do that. Yeah, and Next we'll talk more is. about it. I love that. Uh, so I've got I've got a what if for you. Okay. DeAndre Jordan wins Defensive Player of the Year if. Oh. Now this is, I feel like this is a little bit of a trick question because, can he win it after what he did? After the after like the whole scandal, oh going yeah, to the Mavs and coming back because that's gonna there's gonna be a blemish on it's his gonna be, career. It's gonna be a blemish, but. If everyone, if he has a great year, if he's averaging well over two two blocks a game, if he's if he's got some steals up, his defensive rebounds are through the roof. If the numbers are there, I don't think anyone's gonna be like, well, you know, he kind of he kind of threw a wrench into Dallas's plan this off season. Okay, so to answer your question, I'm gonna have to say that his stats have to be astronomical. Astronomical. What are you thinking? Because, well, I'm thinking three blocks, uh, 12 rebounds, 12 points. You can dig it. How many steals do you think he's going to get? Or how many steals does he need? That's the real question. Yeah, he's going to have to stuff it. He's probably going to have to do like 1.2 steals a game. You know, I think it's like what he did is forgivable, but it's it's still so fresh in our minds. I see him, I I think he has more of a chance to win it the year after next year when people, you know, kind of forget about it a little bit. But Definitely. it's still going to be fresh in everybody's mind. And that's a hard, like he has a stigma now. Because, I mean, what, I don't think what he did was that bad, to be honest with you. But, no, once, uh, once you really learn, like, the details of it all. I mean, I, I've been keeping it pretty locked to, uh, like, all the Players Tribune articles. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any of those? Yeah, those are the best ones. That's, yeah, what, you should, that's what you should be reading, you know, as a oh, fan. Yeah, definitely. You I mean, sure it's you always it's like a horse in the mouth. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite was the Blake Griffin one, where it's Absolutely. like, yeah, Steve Steve Ballmer gave us his credit card to go get chicken fingers. Like that's the ultimate. And like, all right, Blake, here's what you're gonna do: you're going, <laughs> you're gonna talk to him. Everything's gonna be fine. Then you're getting chicken fingers. Here's my <laughs> here's my platinum Amex. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, and they also do like. Uh, the fill in the blank thing where they have a questionnaire and they write like 
handwritten on the questionnaire and then they just scanned it onto the computer and Frank Kaminsky, there's a box that said draw a self portrait <laughs> and Frank Kaminsky drew a tree, just a tree. <laughs> it's great. I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't have a read on him yet. Like, I don't know. I, I, I can't get him. I, I want to love him, but he looks, he looks too much like this kid that I went to grade school with that I just, <laughs> I just didn't like. So I don't like, I innately don't want to like him. I think everyone has a kid that went to that they went to grade school with that looks like Frank Kaminsky and acts yeah, like he just, he just looks like he just looks like that goofy kind of like before middle school kid. Yeah, I love it. Like that, you can tell he has like that dumb laugh too. Yeah, and I'm glad he went to the Hornets. It's a team that I root for. Uh, I'm excited. It'll be interesting that. to watch. All right. Any so more? My, uh, my last. My last. What if? Or if D'Angelo Russell wins Rookie of the Year? If. Okay. First of all, I don't really see it happening because I think Jordan Clarkson's going to take another step. And yep. there's going to be, you know, he has the ball in his hands a lot. And Definitely. so is Kobe. So, yeah, and yeah, I mean, everyone kind of forgets about Kobe because of the injury, but uh, he's, he's going to be around. He's yeah. going to be, he's definitely going to be around. I think D'Angelo Russell will, will win Rookie of the Year if Kobe Bryant hands over the torch. If, See, Kobe, if Kobe lets him play. I'm going. He wins Rookie of the Year if Kobe gets injured. <laughs> so, that's, okay. That's the only way it's happening this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I would hope that Kobe has it in him to, you know, take him under his wing and hand over the keys to the to the team. But I just don't see him doing that. It almost makes you think, like, what is Kobe's criteria for, like, the second coming? Because you know he has to in the back of his mind. He's like, okay, i got to pass the torch eventually. What's the criteria? I would love to know because I, I think it's either it's either so insane that no one's ever going to live up to it or he just really thinks that he's going to be top dog until he leaves. Well, he's a perfectionist. Oh, he is. You know, and that's all I love about him. I mean, this may sound mean, but I think he might be too self-centered, and I don't even know if he's thinking about that. I don't think he cares. If there's a successor. You know, I, honestly, I think if the Lakers spent the next ten years after he left in the bottom of the Western Conference, he'd be like, "Well, you know, I, I won, I won five rings." <laughs> yeah. Yep. He won't care. No. It'd be all the same to him. I at least I I, ho- I hope he cares. I hope that he. I think if if any of the rookies can come along, and get him to be like, "All right, I'm gonna really teach you." I think Russell has a chance. He's got, you know, he's just oozing talent potential. He doesn't come off as soft. I know a lot of people thought and think that Randall is soft, but I think Kobe's gonna take could take a look at him and say, "All right, young kid coming out of coming out of college, he's got a lot of intangibles, but I, I want him, I'm choosing him to be my protege." Okay. It'll kind of be like how Kobe. Almost in a way, it kind of lives forever in the NBA because if he can attach his name to a rising superstar, yeah. he'll be like, oh, you know, he'll be mentioned forever. He'll be like, oh, D'Angelo yep. Russell, all-star NBA champion. You know who got him on the right path? Kobe Bryant. Yeah, we'll call him Young Kobe. <laughs> all right, and now I'd like to play a little game of Would You Rather. I'm going to give you. A couple would you rather scenarios, well, more than a couple. I got a few good ones, and uh, I wanted to tell me which one you would pick, and you know why you'd pick it. 
So, all right, let's do it. And these are all NBA related, except for some of them, which are all right. Uh, <laughs> would you rather build a team around Bradley Beal or New Orleans Noel? Bradley Beal, you know, you know, heartbeat. Don't even have to yeah. think about that one. New Orleans, he's a he's a good player. I got to see him play live in college when Kentucky came to uh, came to Notre Dame. That was a, that was a fun game. But uh, but yeah, I I have way too many concerns about his injury. Hmm. And I don't know. I just I think of Bradley Beal. I think lockdown. You know, he's he's a knockdown shooter. Mm-hmm. Good, good guy on the team. I just I think Bradley Beal is going to have a much brighter NBA future. So if I had to choose between an injured, as he says, is he seven foot feet tall? If not, he's close. Injured yeah. seven footers, just that's that's the biggest red flag in the NBA and in sports, really. If you injured seven footer, I mean, he's pretty much done. So I'm going, I'm going with a nice shooting guard who's healthy, shoot the three, do everything you need. I'm building my team around Bradley Beal. Okay, uh, I'm disagreeing with you. I'm going to say New Orleans Noel because yeah. I think. It's always good to build your team around an anchor, especially a defensive anchor. And he's such a young guy. He does have the injury risks, but if he can stay healthy, which is a good chance that he can, you have have your your alpha dog down low, and he's young. And he's a rim protector, a shot blocker, and he can score, you know? Um, And – then you can kind of design your team however you want without having to worry about defense too much. So that it gives you more options as far as, you know, which way you want to go in running your offense and your defense, because now you have this guy in the center. Cause I mean, it all, a jump shot starts in the perimeter, but you know, every play ends at the hoop. And if you have a guy down there who is, you know, elite at covering that you're starting well, you know, and Bradley Beal, he has his injury concerns, concerns as well yeah, yeah. Uh, for me for me like I'm thinking I'm thinking Greg Oden I'm thinking not maybe maybe future Joel Embiid mm-hmm. and Yao Ming I'm thinking you know big guys that have nagging injuries are usually just not not a good sign yeah and for me I, I view Bradley Beal as a little little more of a sure thing mm-hmm. where if I if I had to choose between Someone that I was 80 percent confident is going to be around for me, not have any huge injuries, and can handle an offensive load. He can be the guy in my offense. Then I, mm-hmm. I I think I could I think I could sleep well at night knowing that. And I I don't think I could talk myself into I don't think I could talk myself into Nerlens. I, I if he didn't miss extended time in both college and pro with the same injury. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd probably if it was two different injuries, I would have I'd probably be more more willing to go his yeah. way. But I just big injured big men just don't don't usually end well. So I'd rather I'd rather take my chance on a guard and find find a serviceable big guy somewhere somewhere else. All right, and I'm not going to play devil's advocate with all of these. I just oh yeah, no. For some reason, I I thought you were going to say Nerlens Noel, and we were just going to go on to the next one. But like, it's it's a good question because there's a compelling case for both of them. Oh, there really is. All right, moving on though. Uh, would you rather root for a team of point guards or a team of centers? Like, which would I get? A like a five, five on five, five point guards, five 
centers, NBA. Who do you think will win? Interesting, interesting scenario. My friends and I used to do this on 2K back at, uh, <laughs> at Holy Cross College. I think I created the team of all Rondos, and we played against a team of all Mike Conleys or something like that. <laughs> but I think that I, I'd rather watch a team of five point guards. Yeah. Because with five team of five centers, you're going to have a very similar skill set. You're going to have a lot of rebounders. You might, you might get someone that can stretch the floor. You, get you might dunks. get someone. You get tons of dunks. You might get someone that's super athletic. And you might get someone that's a, like a just <laughs> technician down on the block. Who wins? But there's so many. There's oh, it's point guards. Easy. There's yeah. so, there's so many different types of point guards in the leagues. You have you have the the ones that can distribute. You have the high flyers. You have the three point shooters. You have the guys that can do it all. Now I think uh, like points in the paint, centers centers will win. No doubt about it, and I think I think the centers would keep it relatively close because it's all going to matter on if the point guards are hitting their shots. Yeah, or if they're big enough, because you know you could just throw it up. Yeah, definitely, you can definitely do that. I I think that the point guards would win though on three point shooting and fast break points. Well, these days centers a lot of them can shoot threes, but yeah, okay. we're we're definitely getting some that can. All right, I'm moving on to the next one. Would you rather? Have court vision or athleticism? I'm saying elite court vision or elite athleticism. Hmm. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. I, my knee-jerk reaction is to say elite athleticism, but that's because I'm so unathletic myself. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> like, I mean, I would love... But then you, you take a look at players like Gerald Green, who entered the league, and he yeah. really all he had was athleticism. Mm-hmm. And it's really t- it's taken him a while, maybe longer than a lot of people thought or were willing to invest in him to develop like a, a somewhat serviceable jump shot and everything. We'll look at DeAndre and, Jordan. All right. Yeah, exactly. That's a per- that's another prime example. Mm-hmm. I think I think I think I'd I'd rather I think I'd choose athleticism at the end of the day because core vision core vision's great and everything and to just innately understand the game. Is good, but if you don't have the tools, you're not going to succeed. And I, I'd rather be oozing potential and be able to dunk from the foul line and have a 44-inch vertical than be able to spot the pass before before the pass. Because you can you can get your hands on a guy that's just super athletic, and you can coach him up. You know, there's always there's always hope for that, but you can't you can't teach a 44-inch vertical. You can't teach. You can't teach speed. You know, there's only so much you can do. Yep. And that's a good point. Court vision, though, I think it's Court vision's key. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 insane. it's insanely important. But I think in this case, if I had to choose one, I'd, I'd probably choose athleticism. All right. Next one. Chicken tacos or chicken parm? Mmm. See, this is, this is a tough one for me. Well, a little known fact about me: I'm not a big vegetable guy. There's a, there's a greater chance of there being chicken, or excuse me, vegetables in a chicken taco than chicken parm. It's but up I, to you. It's up to you. I, I, you know what? If I could get, I'm gonna go. There's this place near where I live, Pedro's. They do Mexican street tacos, and that has uh, that's chicken taco. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'd walk miles for that taco. So I, I'd have to go. I'd have to go with chicken taco. What about you? I mean, that's the I'm right gonna, answer. Yeah, 
chicken tacos. Oh, chicken taco. And chicken parm. Chicken parm's a little played out now. Like you got Italian food's got to move over. It's time. It's time for Mexican foods. Time to shine. All right. Would you rather score on the fast break or in the half court? Hmm. I would. I'd. I'd choose half court. Yeah, you like a more because methodical, planned out. Play. I like knowing where my points are going to come. If mm-hmm. I can, if I can count on X amount of points from the half court, then I'll be set. Because then fast break, it's just it's just a cherry on top. It's icing on the cake. Yep. Where if I was going to build an offense around fast court, because that or excuse me, fast court, fast break points, it would be it'd be tough to try to predict. You know, okay, well we've got to get this this shot to miss so we can get this defensive rebound then hit this outlet pass. It's too, it's too much what-ifs for me. If, so if I'm going to build an offense, I'm going to build it around the half court, I think. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, you know what's really great, especially after timeout plays that are designed, like, beautifully, where everyone is where they need to be, and it's just a play that's run. And you see a lot of good coaches, you know, it, it looks great. It looks like, it's you know, when the Spurs do it, it's six passes to the right guy. You know, and even though like people are passing up good shots for great shots, and I know that's a cliche, but uh, you're right. It's a, it's really fun to watch. It's kind of like it makes it a, a chess match a little bit. You really, I, I, you brought up a great point with the inbound play. It's mm-hmm. always so interesting. You get get a guy like Pop or even just really anyone. That's a you know another great mind in basketball is uh, Jesus. Name's escaping me. Rick Carlisle, Rick yeah. Carlisle, head coach of the Dallas Mavericks, another great guy. Mm-hmm. You watch, you watch everyone pass up these great shots, and it's almost fun to watch. Like, okay, now Dirk's passing here, and then the pass is going to go there, then it's going to go to the post, then it's going to cross the court, and then you're going to hit someone for a wide open three. It's fun. It's fun to almost like kind of call the play before it happens, like see what yeah. see what you think is going to happen. All right. Next question: Would you rather a pass first point guard or a scoring point guard? Depends on who I got around him. If I have B, if would I, you rather be? I would rather I would rather be a scoring point guard. Yeah, selfish yeah. a little bit. Yeah, you know, a little selfish and everything. But I I know at the end of the day, <laughs> if I if I was gonna be a score first point guard, I'm I'm chances are if I'm still gonna have the ability to make good passes every now and again. If I can draw double teams. Mm-hmm. then that means that someone's wide open somewhere. So if I can kick the ball out to someone, then they can either kick it to the open person or they're going to be open. So it's, just, it's going to create shots. But it is, it is very selfish. And I guess you, you can definitely call me a selfish person for, <laughs> for wanting to get mine before everyone gets theirs. But I would definitely... I'd, I'd rather be a shoot-first point guard. I think I'd rather be pass-first because it's really satisfying having a great dish and then seeing... Because I like rooting for my friends, you know? And... Yeah. Couple that with a great pass to go with it. It just looks so nice, and you get to root for somebody else, but you both benefit. And it's I mean, one like, of my how, favorite how things. How frustrating would it be if someone kept messing up your assists, though? Oh, I know, and it drives me crazy when I see that happen. Yeah. Like, I wish they would do half an assist for a missed basket. I, you know what I wish? I wish that they almost gave an assist for like pick pick plays, like a really good pick. <laughs> yeah. If they. <laughs> If that if that was a stat, that'd be that'd be an interesting stat. That would be an interesting thing. Like, just think just think what that would do for DeAndre Jordan's stat line. Yeah, absolutely. Solid solid screen. Chris Paul coming around coming around off that pick. 
Easy layup. All right. Last, would you rather, and this is a good one, and I want you to really think about it. Would you rather have to wear an Andrea Bargnani jersey every day for the rest of your, of your life or only listen to basketball games for the rest of your life? I guess the next, the follow-up question is, is what Bargnani jersey is it? Uh, New York, only New York. Ooh. Once a year, though, you're allowed to wear a Raptors Bargnani jersey. All right, all right. On your birthday. You have to wear the Raptors one every year. Happy, happy birthday, Nick. Instead, instead of wearing a Knicks jersey, you get to wear a Raptors jersey. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I would choose... I guess I'd choose to watch basketball games or listen to basketball games all day. Really? No, I'm saying yeah. like you can never watch a game ever again. You have to listen to them all. Never watch a game ever. Ooh, okay. That changes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, lo- I love watching basketball too much. I guess I'd pick the, uh, the Bargnani jersey. I mean, you can, you can throw a sweatshirt over that. Uh, <laughs> no, you can't. You're not allowed to. Not, not allowed. What am I going to do? I live in Maine, brother. What am I going to do in the wintertime? Under. I mean, you can get some double XLs, triple XLs to throw over your coat. You have That's to wear true. it over your coat, you know. Or maybe maybe I can just buy a different size Barnani jersey for everything. You know, start at XL, work my way up to four, and just stack them for layers. Yep. Pajamas. Yeah, <laughs> Bar- I could. Bar- onesies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't make the rules. Uh, maybe maybe I could just like write seventy seven Barnani on the back of all my shirts. <laughs> on the back of your skin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> always. You have to always be repping barn. That'd be an awesome, like, fantasy basketball. Oh, man. Yeah. I got to, you know, I want to do a Hoop Trends League, and uh, I want to make it fun. We're going to have to start thinking about this. Yeah, I can't wait. We got to get Karen in on this, and we got <laughs> we to gotta get her doing something messed up if she, if she loses. Like, she's got to wear, like, an I Heart Gar shirt for a week straight or something like that. <laughs> alright Nick that'll about wrap it up thanks for coming on let us know pleasure being on as always you can find me on twitter at nick underscore lt or you can always find me uh, via hoop trends at the hoop trends find all of us there yep and make sure to check out the website we've been uh, putting out a series of projecting the depth charts for next year which turns out it's a lot harder to do than you would think Really is, really is. Yeah. I know. I put my Timberwolves one out, and it did not, did not go over well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough when you mix in opinion with fact. Absolutely, and I mean, it's not like you're the coach and you don't know what Flip's thinking in that yeah, exactly. situation. And some teams, it's easy, you know. I know like I'm coming from the two K state of mind. <laughs> yeah, is that what they got? Have you played two K project? Uh, there's a new one coming out soon, right? When does the new one come out? I'm not sure when it comes out. I think it comes out closer to closer to the season. Like I want to say like September or something like that. But uh, I know I know e, they just 2K just got the rights to uh, some NCAA teams. So maybe we'll start seeing college basketball again. Or yeah, and I heard they're gonna they're gonna do it for like a my career kind of thing where you start out in college. Man, I know. Uh, I saw Steve Turner, one of one of our writers on Twitter. You can find him at. At Steve Turnup, he's a good follow, by the way. Yeah, but uh, he he tweeted out, "I can't wait for the my career stuff. I'm going to go to Duke and get the Duke starting five haircut." <laughs> so definitely a good time. 
thanks for having me on, F, and I will uh, we'll do it again real soon. All right, Nick, thanks for coming on. Can't wait to have you back. And uh, you do the same, man. Thank you for listening to The Flagrant 2. Remember to follow us on Twitter at The Hoop Trends and online at hooptrends.com.